Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Dystope AI roadmap rollout and town hall. Let's take a listen. Hey, Aline, how are you going? Yeah, real good. Thrilled to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining. Got one planet two. We'll add them. Microchip as well. Great. So we'll give it a few minutes, folks. So uh, we started a couple minutes early. Um, we'll give it a few more minutes. We've got Kyle here, Jarus, Machiavelli as well. Hey, hey. Microchip, how are you going? Very well. How are you today, Uncle Davo? I am doing well. Better. Doing well. We've got Terra Spaces as well. Incredible. Super Terra as well will be joining us today. Put him up to the speakers. Have we got someone there on the One Planet account? Yo, what's up, fam? What's going on? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. It's been a while. It has indeed. Great to hear from you. At least uh, in, in speaking in voice, we've, we've exchanged messages, but last time I heard your voice was in the Twitter space we had. Yeah, it would have been. Oh, nah, there was a Zoom call or something somewhere in between those. But um, yeah, definitely a, a while ago. Yeah, um, lots, of, lots of different calls with the One Planet team. Um, but Edwin, it's been a while. So, so glad you could join us. We've got a real, um, already we've got quite a few people. So, Terry Matic as well. Arlene, so we're so, so glad Arlene could join us. Um, a voice for a bunch of our holders and just such an active member of the community as well. Super Terra as well, One Planet, uh, Terra Spaces as well, joining a few really familiar faces. So really, really keen to do this. It's been a while since we've done a big Twitter Spaces with everyone. So just really thankful you all could join us. We'll give it a few more minutes before we go. But Eileen, how are you going? I am going okay, thanks, Uncle David. I don't get to enough of these things, I swear to God. They're usually either late at night or I'm working or doing something for Racked. It's just, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're pretty busy with stuff, right? Like, so you're working and, and doing a lot for Racked, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been uh, NFT clan lead since the DAO started. I uh, picked up some, uh, some work with Cypher Wars because uh, B-Dub took a liking to me. Uh, and, yeah, just trying to build a bit of a Web3 resume with no specific goal in mind, I suppose. Just, uh, you know, good to have a side hustle. Well, that's how it starts. I mean, Microchip and I and Rosie, we're all just doing things um, for fun initially and, then, and, and things really picked up. But 
Yeah, I mean, it's so great to see you doing all these things. Um, There's some alpha you can give us just to kick things off on uh, what Cypher Wars is doing. Uh, well, you know, we're ramping up. Uh, so Mint is soon, TM. Uh, and uh, just uh, just trying to get people excited about the story because there is a lot there. Um, and trying to get people uh, sort of cluing into how unique the project is. I wouldn't be on the project if it wasn't, you know, really, really unique. Um, and yeah, just uh, trying to trying to rustle up some some shit posting as well on the Twitter account. Love it. I think I think you know you were in Web three when shit posting is a priority, and it is so important, right? Like I, Absolutely. I don't think I fully understood how important shit posting was till. Uh, Till a few months into Web three, so yeah, <laughs> quite. <laughs> um, and Super Terra, it has been ages. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad at all. No, thank you for uh, inviting me along. It's very early for me, and it's 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 usually late when I'm doing these spaces. But uh, sort of breakfast duties, sorting out my animals, and all that, and it's uh, it is quite strange. I sort of uh, set the alarm for six and. <laughs> But uh, no, no, great to be here, and obviously uh, very excited to um, to hear about all the future developments. But yeah, it must be. I know we speak electronically very frequently, but it must be six months, maybe, maybe not quite six months, but quite a few months since we've been on the spaces together. So, no, great to be here, and uh, as always, do my thing. This is my first of three spaces today, and in between, I squeeze in my day job, as you do. <laughs> Oh my god! So so much respect for you doing that. Like you're always on the Twitter Spaces, but to do that with a full time job is is a lot. Um, no, but you're right. Like so glad we could do this. It is a bit earlier that we're doing this Spaces. Um, you know, being in Australia, it's hard to find a time zone. But we've got you know Edwin from One Planet in the US. We've got you know Arlene, uh, Micah Chip, and myself in Australia, and then you know, yourself in, in Europe, um, in the UK. So yeah, glad we could find a time, um, for all of our co-hosts and we've got a decent amount of listeners. I think a few people will be filtering in. Uh, I had some messages saying they could only make it after, um, a certain time, but that's fine. Uh, cause we are recording this space, but I think now's a great time to kick off and I'll just start by providing some framing around why we decided to do this Twitter spaces. So essentially, it's been a while since we've done one of these, but, you know, it's a great time to provide a touch point on the project for us to provide an update on the things we've been working on, um, to talk to the roadmap rollout process that we're creating. Uh, So we are getting ready to launch our new roadmap and uh, we've been developing some things for that. Um, But in the process, we wanted to make sure we're listening to community and we're able to get feedback so that we can refine things as much as possible. So we'll be chatting to some of those survey responses as well. So the way I think we'll structure this Twitter spaces is to, first of all, um, you know, provide an update as to what we're doing. So, uh, you know, the lead up to migration, what we've been doing since migration, some of the recent releases uh, we've done in the past few months since then, uh, and then just focus specifically on roadmap rollout. So, you know, what that process is, give you guys some alpha on what we're building, and then really deep dive into what your guys' feedback was from the survey. So together with Arlene, we'll go through some of the questions um, that, that we asked you guys and um, play back some of those insights. 
and then we'll open it up for you guys. And we are giving prizes away for the best questions that are asked. So there's a lot on the agenda. So I will uh, keep it going. Um, let's open it up uh, to to um, Edwin. Like, did you have some questions for us on uh, what we're what we've been up to? Oh man, I I mean, in general, I have so many questions. I think. For me, you guys have one of the most exciting projects because you are pushing the, the the boundaries, right? You're you're pushing the NFT technology in a sense, where where you are contributing to to AI as well, right? And and how that can be implemented into your your collection and, and for your holders to have some kind of. Um, input into how AI is, uh, is used, but at the, at the same time, you're also using your defenders in AR, which it's, uh, it's incredible just to see all the different things that you guys are doing. Right. Um, so, so I think that, that for me is the most exciting part. Um, I mean, in specific question, questions in specific, you know, I, I mean, I guess I, I would just want to know, if, if you guys have any general updates, you know, I, I don't know if Micah maybe wants to share some of the general updates that you have, uh, and then maybe we can dive deeper into uh, more specific questions after that. Yeah, totally. Look, that probably is a good place to kick off. As you know, there's always a, a lot going on in Disturb AI land with um, our various stuff. Also keen to hear about what's going on on One Planet Land because we uh, we know there's, there are exciting things coming there. But um, I'll just do, speak briefly about like some of our stuff that we've got going on now and then if there are specific questions, we can go into that and chat about broader stuff too. Um, but so I guess first, like recently we've been focusing a lot on stuff that's enabled by our defenders of Disturb AI all being full 3D models that are um, interoperable, um, can be animated, can go into AR, all this kind of cool stuff. Um, those two that I just mentioned, I'm sure everyone on the call will have already heard of, but um, just to call it out, like we've got um, all of our defenders in augmented reality now. We've had some really cool competitions with that, and we think it's a really cool use of um, pretty cutting edge technology that is pretty unique to our project. Um, and we've also got our animated defenders that we've shown off a bit and are now coming very soon. So the animated defenders collection is finished. I think we announced that a couple of weeks ago, um, but the airdrop will be landing in wallets within the next one to two weeks, I think. So not going to commit to an exact date because there's a bit that's got to just happen perfectly to get it all airdropped on chain and set up on one planet's platform, but animated defenders will be in your wallets before long, and we are very excited about that. Oh, we've got some other 3D stuff happening, like some cool partnerships coming up. They're not quite ready to announce, but... The fact that our interoperable 3D models are all in place for all the defenders mean that there's so much that we can do and they will be appearing in some new places soon too. I think I'll pause there. Any questions um, on any of that? Well, yeah, I, I maybe, you know, I, I jumped the gun there, but if you guys have any specific questions for us for One Planet and 
if you want an overview on anything, I can definitely help answer, you know, specific questions that you guys have or maybe that your community has asked you guys about One Planet. Yeah, no, that would be absolutely great, Edwin. We um would love to hear from you a general update on One Planet. Um kind of anything that's upcoming on the platform, um, some of the exciting stuff you guys are doing. We know there's a bit that's been hinted at. There was maybe something about Reddit along in there. Um, so any updates that you want to give, uh, we'll begin to hear. Yeah, so for us right now, the priority is to figure out different ways to bring in more liquidity, right? Figure out ways to bring in either just traders or new people that want to get into a specific collection that is already in our marketplace right so that's one way um and then um you know the different things that we have done is creating partnerships and listing different projects and that's the only product that we have right now right our marketplace and so we have worked with a couple of different projects like uh, the Knights and Peasants that just had their free mint a couple of days ago. Uh, a recent project that we just listed has been the Mars, which is a pretty big project on Polygon. They have the, the metaverse going on. They have their kind of PFP characters. Um, and they, they have other collections within their ecosystem as well. Uh, like there's one called uh, Aqua Farm. Uh, they're kind of, like PFP characters or characters in general, it's called they're called Aries. Um, so we're we're partnering with different Polygon native projects to start to bring them into our ecosystem as well, and we hopefully you know get their community to see One Planet as the Polygon native marketplace, right? So that's the first thing. Uh, obviously, Reddit is definitely included in that. Um, the hard part for that has just been getting the One Planet name into their kind of vision, right? They, they uh, I mean, everybody in general knows OpenSea as the Ethereum chain and Polygon chain. And so that's where we have the challenge, the, the big kind of wall to climb over that and, and let the NFT community and Polygon know that we're here, right? And that's where slowly we're making steps and that just comes with creating more partnerships and creating more attention. And that's where like our weekly Twitter space spaces, you know, where roundtables comes into play, inviting different people uh, and projects. Um, but then also the, the thing that's coming up very soon, you know, it's our launch pad, right? That's going to be our second product. And you guys have experience with that, but the Polygon community doesn't. And so we're very excited about that. Um, Derby Stars will be launching on the 11th, so in a couple of days. And their launch pad is a bit different since they are working very specifically on an allow list. And after that, we'll have the launch pad available with the Dutch auction, the English auction, the random box, and that will be available for every other project, right? And that should be later on at the end of november early december when we'll have that available and so you know that, that's the next thing that we are excited about just showing the polygon nft community what we bring to the table as well right and hopefully that brings in just more attention more liquidity and and that can help the whole one planet ecosystem um just continue to grow right 
That is super exciting. Thanks for running us through that. I'm, I think we're all here looking forward to all of those features coming online. And from, from our perspective, we've seen a lot of the work behind the scenes um, that isn't so public facing and you know just how hard it's been to get all of the tech stuff in place, for instance, for all of that to be able to happen. So it is super, super exciting. Um, yeah. Are, are, you able to, are you able to share any timelines on when, when One Planet's thinking about that? Not, not to probe too much if you're not able to talk about that today. Well, yeah. So, so specifically with the marketplace, we are trying to onboard as many projects as we can, right? So one thing that, as you mentioned, you know, you, you don't really see this in the front end, but in the back end, for example, right now we are just working with the ERC721 smart contract, which allows every project that came from Terra to use that. But in Polygon, they are a lot more advanced, right? And so they use the ERC-1155 smart contract. And so, for example, Crypto Unicorns, that's one of the biggest projects in Polygon, and they use that contract for their collections. And so that is something that we will have ready in the next few days, and we'll be able to onboard that Crypto um, Unicorn um, community. And that is going to be huge for us, right? To to be able to work with one of the biggest projects. Um, so that should be within you know the next few days, next week or so, to be able to start onboarding those projects in Polygon that use that contract. And then with the launch pad, yeah, as I mentioned, there's specific there's some specific dates right now. We're we're aiming for like the last week of November, but it, you know it might get pushed a little bit towards like the first week of December. We just want to make sure we can provide a a a product right a launch pad that works properly and that people can trust yeah yeah no all good thanks for sharing that with us we are obviously big supporters and looking forward to to all that um being live and hopefully to as you say um greater liquidity in the future as on planet becomes a key platform for polygon um i think we've in order to make sure we just stick to our agenda um, I should ask if there are any other questions that the other co-hosts want to ask while we're in this phase before we want to dive into some of the uh, feedback from our survey later. Are there any other co um, questions from the co-hosts? Well, I, I put in a huge uh, response to your town hall survey. Uh, I think some of it's already been covered. We touched briefly upon the, the defenders. I'm very interested in, obviously, your future... Uh, plans to potentially go multi-chain and um, whether the uh, or rather how the defenders will develop over time so there's a ton of questions in in the survey hopefully you've seen those um, but um, yeah I think rather than maybe firing out hot questions I think it's probably better if you guys kind of start on your journey through those and I'm sure there'll be there'll be uh, that, uh, yeah I'm, I'm particularly interested in uh, that kind of future utility and also uh, questions that I get myself uh, around, obviously, historically, there are a lot of really cool uh, morphs and giveaways done in, in the old, in inverted commas, in the old days, which I know weren't actually uploaded to Luart, but um, I just wanted to understand when or if we might see those gems on, on Polygon. But as I say, I think I, I submitted a ton of questions, so before I knew I was coming on this, in fairness. Um, so uh, hopefully you got lots of material there from me. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I look, I've 
lots of things in there and it's so great um chatting to you again Superterra, after a while um so first yes we have absolutely read everything that came in in the survey and it was very helpful and very interesting so we're going to be covering that in the second half of this town hall today um but i can speak briefly just in this like update section on some of what you're asking there um so I'll go back actually just to talk about migration generally and then cover off your question about the um, airdrops that um, were going to be done on Terra but then got delayed by the crash. So on migration generally, we've it's obviously been quite the experience for all the Terra projects in our communities after the crash, kind of that period of um, not being sure what was going to happen and then figuring out where it would all go and then the time between uh, kind of announcing decisions and migration happening was really long and it was quite hard to communicate and we know that we didn't communicate nearly as much as would have been probably most helpful through that time. So it was a really big milestone for us in getting to that migration and then kind of re-kicking off our whole roadmap our communication plan and doing all the stuff that we've done in the last month um culminating in today's town hall and the um kind of roadmap rollout that we're doing as part of that migration the nfts that were already on terra are already directly migrated onto polygon and onto one planet but as you mentioned we had some airdrops that were provided often as image and video files but that haven't been airdropped as nfts I can absolutely confirm that everything that we promised was going to be airdropped on Terra will be airdropped on Polygon. And I'm very pleased to announce that we will be doing that within the next month. So in the next, in very near future, we'll be releasing some details on Twitter and Discord to um, get, let everyone check their wallets for those airdrops, make sure that everything matches up and get in contact with us if there are any issues with the way that we're auto-migrating the wallets for airdrops. Basically, it's if you migrated your wallet from Terra for uh, any of your NFTs, uh, Dystopia our NFTs already, that's all done automatically for you. You'll only need to need to get in contact with us if for some reason you would do airdrops to a wallet that you haven't migrated. If that's the case, you'll get in touch, it'll go on the form. And once we've got all that in place, we'll be airdropping all of the monthly morph seasons and our key NFT airdrop collaborations, including scenes from Hell with the Hellcats and our collaborations with Astroverse and Skeleton Bunks. That was a fairly long answer. I'll pause there. I hope that was helpful. <laughs> also, a pleasure to be speaking with you again as well. It's It's been a little while and um, uh, a lot's happened. A lot of positive things now, I would say. And can I just also say whilst I'm up, uh, congratulations to One Planet, a, a superb migration of, of so many important uh, projects. It's great to see that life uh, starting to flourish on, on Polygon. So you know, hats off to you for, for all the great work you've done there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess my other key question I threw at you was about Defenders, but I'm guessing that might be part of the general update. I'm really excited to see the utility and opportunities. I think the real shame for me, obviously the, the whole crash was a real shame, but I was I was super excited about minting Defenders and didn't realise the whole world was burning around me and um, um, <laughs> see see the next opportunities for those as well. I have actually some more post-migration as well. I do have quite a gang now. 
Ooh, very nice. Um, yeah, it was it was a crazy time that week when we were minting defenders, and then, as you say, the world came crashing down around us. Um, but it is so great having them all on Polygon, and we will absolutely be um, have have more things to announce in the future about um, how their utility will pan out. We've got the animated ones coming up, and then the we really we we heard from a lot of people that you're excited about um, metaverse and game partnerships with the defenders and options like that. Not to jump the gun on heading into Davos next section on um the feedback from the form, but um, we are also super, super excited about that, working hard on um, partnerships that we've been with teams that we've been working with all the way back since Terra Days and um, new teams on Polygon. And yeah, we think it'll be really, really cool having our 3D models in um, partner environments before too long. Yeah, absolutely. And so just to sort of segue into, um, and I can see, I can sense that there's a lot of excitement to get down into the nitty gritty of the form. But yeah, just to provide some framing, um, just so we can get right into it. Um, what we're doing today is talking about our roadmap rollout. So, you know, with the market changing, we just wanted to ensure that we were develop, uh, d delivering value, right? And a lot of the tech that we're using, a lot of all of that has just like changed dramatically. And we're able to do more in some cases. And we're able to differentiate ourselves better in other cases as well. So it's it's this exciting time for us. And it's a real milestone now that we've migrated and got some more stability to be able to release an updated roadmap. So what we wanted to do with this roadmap release is make it collaborative, right? Like we have such a great community that's so creative. Um, the ideas that we hear, and I can see some of those big brain ideas people here in the chat, like Aloise and the ideas for law and what we can do with licensing, or Kyle and what we can do with different integrations. Like all of these ideas are just incredible. But we just know that if we're sitting in a room and deciding the roadmap, it's not as good as it could be if we, you know, do the sitting in the room, do the building, do the designing. But then, you know, take on feedback from our holders. And so that's what we've been doing. So we designed our internal roadmap and built things and like did some detailed deep dives into, you know, what we could do for the project and for the defenders and for the Genesis pizza pieces. Then, you know, we, we developed an internal roadmap and tested that with our moderators and shout out to those guys, shout out to Alex, crazy Frecky and Kyle they were just really, really um, supportive and gave us some really great feedback, some thoughts around prioritization, some new ideas as well, um, from everything down to comm strategy all the way down to Discord engagement to like other ideas for utility that we could provide. So clearly, you know, the way to do this and the way to have a killer roadmap is to do it in like in a collaborative way. And so to take that even further, we released a survey last week where we opened it up to holders to get their opinions on a whole range of things, from what they most wanted to see uh, in terms of utilities, things they might be less excited about, our strengths and weaknesses, and then you know different opinions on all sorts of questions from how we could engage holders better to what we could provide them. And so we're now at the point where we've got all of this great feedback. Um, but what we want to do today 
is just dive into those those buckets of things. Um, and so what we'll start doing now is getting our co-hosts to dive into specific questions. Um, so just like by theme, maybe we could, we could share some of those insights. Um, and then once we've gone through uh, a bunch of those items, we can open it up to an AMA. So let's let's now transition into just talking about the the feedback. I think we're really keen to dive into the details. Um, so let's do it. Um, Arlene, Superterra, Edwin, do we have any questions? I have several. I'll probably save them to the end. No, well, go for it. Like, uh, yeah. in terms of, yeah, like uh, just asking, you know, um, per, per item of uh, things on the survey, whether it's like what our holders have to say about strengths, weaknesses, particular things, we can just play that back to you and, and give you some thoughts. Yeah, awesome. Do it. Um, I have my questions are probably less roadmap related and more like distant future related. Um, but yeah, go, go, go for it, guys. Awesome. I'll start yeah. here then. So one of the questions that you asked there, and by the way, I, I thought it was a, a really good process that you guys did with, with the, the questionnaire, the type form. That's something that I haven't seen any other project use. So, so shout out to you guys. Um, you know, so one of the first questions, right, was uh, what are the five most desired items, right, or, or like five least desired items uh, if we're going by themes? What what kind of uh, feedback thoughts do you have? Do you guys have on that? Yeah. So just to just to make it clear, like the reason why we ask this question is, you know, not to completely ditch items that we've promised to people, right? Like the items we promised, we're definitely going to deliver, right? It's just understanding how we should prioritize and what we should ship faster, what we should put more attention onto. And let's start with the least desired items. Um, so for our holders, uh, what they said the least desired items were from those buckets of utilities were the release of 3D source files for defenders, merchandise, 3D printing of defenders, and then the announcement of royalties to charity. So these items, like we will be doing, it's, it's more just like how we do this and understanding why these are least, less desirable. So for example, if we think about 3D source files, I think it is a novel fact that our, our project is releasing 3D source files that our defenders are even 3D source uh, are 3D files in the first place and 3D models. I think the thing to explain here is this is a somewhat underrated utility and I can't wait to show you guys why that's underrated. I think um, an announcement about our licensing uh, and our IP rights that we're giving to the holders is in order. And also there are a bunch of new tools that allow people to really interact with 3D files in new ways. So that's something I'm just going to tease uh, a little. The other items though around merchandise, it, it makes sense like why, why this would be uh, positioned lower. I think there are good ways to do merchandise and pretty poor ways to do merchandise. And those of us that own a bunch of NFT uh, projects we we know that there are some really poor examples of doing things like it's haphazardly putting a logo on a t-shirt and calling it a day or there are really unique ways to do things and i think the only reason why we would uh get into merchandise and the only um way we get into merchandise is if we had a cool unique idea 
that really gets to the heart of um, our vision and what we want for our holders. So those are the least desired items. Um, I see a hand. Arlene, do you want to ask a question before I get into the desired items? Uh, more like a comment slash question. I can understand why the 3D files were least desired, but I am uh, puzzled about the 3D defenders themselves, the 3D printed defenders themselves, why that was on the list. Because like, I don't have a 3D printer and I don't want to go to the effort of getting the 3D files from you guys and going to get it printed. I want the thing shipped to me so I can have that on my shelf. Um, so I was very surprised by that. And I'm wondering why people don't want that, if you have any speculation. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I guess the way to frame it is um, not that they don't want them. It's just there are, like, so many competing um, items for them to select, right? And I think, um, you know, when you think about being able to use, and we'll get to the what the desired items are, most desired items are, but when you think about, you know, perhaps integrating them into a game or doing other things, you know, sometimes for some people that wins out, but I will say it was a mixed bag. So although these were the most uh, or the the five least desired items that popped up for people, um, you know, there was a lot of variation. So what this tells us is our holders, you know, for the things they really want, there's a, a fair bit of consensus around the items that I'll mention. But for things they don't want, there's like quite a long tail, which means that um, it's it's like us being able to prioritize things and still like being able to ship the things that we've promised. Um, yeah. And, and Dave, I would add just, I quite like stats. So I'll just provide a couple of, uh, of stats for transparency that may be interesting to understand what we're talking about here. So the way we asked the question was like tick five items that are least desirable and the, the kind of top ones that David was talking to only uh, were only selected by about half the survey respondents as one of their five. So it's not even that a large chunk of people voted for any of these as like, don't do it. It's just that they were like, if you had to pick five, which ones that'd be? So the we're, we're not, uh, we're, we're talking this through to be super transparent and have a conversation about prioritization because the team can't work on everything all at once. So we recognize that, and something that came through really strongly in the survey and that different community members are passionate about different areas of the project. So what we're thinking about doing is making sure that we cater to what everyone's excited for and do things in an order that means that kind of to some degree that the most people are getting, the, the crowd wins a little bit and what the most people want comes first, but also to make sure that there's something for everyone in each stage of the roadmap. To be honest, that was the hardest question for me to answer, to, to pick things that I didn't want because I, I honestly wanted everything. But <laughs> the thing that I, that I will say is that for the 3D assets, I, I haven't had the experience yet. I don't know if you guys have, but I haven't got, gotten a 3D asset from any project and used it in a metaverse or used it in a game or used it in any kind of way. You know, So, so I think that's going to be a bit of... Uh, an experiment, right, for you guys to be able to kind of educate us on how to use that 3D asset and where we can use it. It totally is. And we are hoping to enable our holders to um, use the assets for creativity. And that's why it goes with um, providing some more details and guidance on how to make use of our NFT licensing that comes with them. Um, 
and will absolutely be trying to make it as easy as possible for, for holders to use them. But um, yeah, like as David said, we are going to be releasing the, the, the 3D files. The interesting insight is just that there's a piece around it um, not being as high priority as it might have been, and just a piece around us knowing that, if, that when we do it, we have to really focus on how we tell the story and make it accessible to the community. Yeah, like part of this is a comms thing, right? Like, you know, internally as a team, and, and you know, if we think about why we're doing this, internally as a team, you know, as we form a roadmap ourselves independently, we might think like, oh my God, this is the killer item. I'm not saying that that of any of these things I mentioned, but there is this tendency for, th- for us to be more excited about things or less excited about others. But this is a great way to calibrate things and also understand what we need to market better. So for example, I think 3D source files are cool and are like an underrated item that opens up a lot of possibilities. But it's clear that um, we haven't been expressing it in a way that gets people excited. Or we need to just, you know, talk about it more openly with our holders like we're doing now to understand, you know, why it might not be as exciting for some people. So, you know, it gets to the heart of why we're running this survey. Um, but yeah, completely agree. Uh, it's, it definitely was the hardest part of the survey, even for me, uh, as I filled it out. So I think just switching gears, let's move on to the most desired items. Um, any guesses, um, Arlene, any guesses for what the most, so one of the most desired items was? I really hope that it's integrating the defenders into a game. You're on the money. Yes, you're right. So 63% of people uh, selected it as one of their five uh, most desired items. So 63% of people there. Airdrops to holders, that was another one. Um, And I'm pleased to announce for both the game integrations, uh, so, you know, on that side of things, we've just uh, had some more talks with a specific partner and we'll be doing some more talks with other partners. Um, and so we're, we're doing things like, uh, you know, integrating select defenders first and then uh, gradually increasing the amount of defenders we can integrate. These sorts of things um, are actually happening, which is cool. So that's some alpha I can give people. Airdrops to holders, uh, yeah, that is happening. We've done the animated defenders snapshot. And uh, even those animated defenders, when they drop in your wallet, Within two weeks, we'll uh, start to have some utility soon. Number three on that list of most desired items was defenders being integrated into a metaverse. Um, that's pretty exciting as well. Um, you know, thinking through ways we can tie it into our lore as well, uh, I'm pretty excited about. Then the next three items were really interesting to me. So item number four there were, was tools for our holders. And item number six was our holders hub. So this goes back to like how we're providing our holders utility. And it goes back to thinking about, you know, the changing nature of the technologies we're using. So our monthly morphs when we initially released them um, was AI art. And we did build some products that are still unique to this day. But it's clear that we can start to think about how that might change and how we can do things that still allow us to create unique products, but also do things at a scale that's uh, and speed uh, that's more in line with the market. So we're really excited to do some things there. And we've um, started to build some of those things too. 
Um, so that's another bit of alpha I can tease too. The other thing was around collaborations using AI art. And Edwin, when you were talking about the One Planet update, I think you know a key theme was bringing new people into the ecosystem. And if I think back, and one of the pieces of feedback that really sticks out to me was we asked for people to provide their ideal collaboration partners. And time and time again, the projects that came up were projects that were with us on Terra. And the reason I think that is, is because there was this amazing sense of community. And for me, I still haven't stopped tracking the Terra NFT projects that I was involved with. My friends on those projects, whether it's, you know, creators of projects, um, you know, the people involved from the ground up, like I'm still in touch with them because I really do think there was something special there. Now, the question is how we can bring that to Polygon. And I think the way that we're thinking about what we're doing at Disturb AI is really focusing on ourselves as a hub for collaborations. We can do so much with our AI art. We can do so much, um, you know, of these really unique, really bespoke collaborations, and we can do them at a scale that no other project can. And so I think thinking more about how we can create a community and how we can bring people to Disturb AI is going to be a key, key theme. And uh, the next piece of alpha I want to tease is just that we're thinking really hard about this, around how we're branding ourselves, around how we can bring more people into the wonderful world that is AI art, around the wonderful world that is education around AI art and using it in, in different ways, but at scale. So it's like the words I want you to remember are how can we bring AI art at scale to more people? And how can we do that in a way that brings people to Dystope AI? And this is something uh, that we're doing, art at scale. And uh, remember those words because uh, in two weeks, something's going to pop up there that's really big. So to my co-hosts, are there any other questions, any other things you want to tease out of the survey? It's really interesting about the um, the 3D um, renders and so on. I actually didn't really understand what they were, and maybe that's a good point in terms of highlighting that. Um, but I was kind of interested as well in terms of um, of those lower-ranked um, ideas based on, obviously, feedback from, from holders. Uh, are you sort of then planning to sort of, you know, reorder the roadmap accordingly based on that sort of feedback? Yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't say it's it's like a drastic, okay, like 3D source files, people uh, said it's least desired, so we are going to move this to the very back of the roadmap. I mean, it's it's like seeing a menu for tapas or something, and you just there are just so many crazy menu items, and you're just not sure what to do, and sometimes it's worth asking questions to like really dive into it, and uh allow holders to get a bit of everything. So I think what we'll do before we, um, before we move forward with these prioritizations is because there's so much feedback, because there's so much great feedback and there are so many insights that we have to dive into a bit more and so many good ideas we want to understand a bit better. Our plan is to, um, where it's like a call around, you know, not deprioritizing something, but like, shifting priority prioritization of things in a way that might affect holders, we'll have another chat. So I think we're going to do another town hall next week with more specific, um, more specific detail about roadmap items. 
so that, you know, come the week after when we actually release the roadmap, everyone can see how it got created. Everyone understands the reasons why things are the way they are. Like, I think this socialization amongst holders is an important thing. Like, we want to get buy-in. We want to make sure that, you know, as a community-driven project, we're actually being driven by community even at the roadmap design stage. So to answer your question, um, you know, for items like the 3D source files, I think what we'll do is like, you know, provide more context to our holders, like what it is and so on. Um, and, you know, perhaps uh, that, that might change prioritization. But even if not, um, you know, we do want to provide things um, as we've promised. So, you know, they'll still come, I think is the thing to say. But, you know, in light of, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of the, the de desired, least desired items that I ran through. What this will mean for us is like really focusing on game and metaverse integrations, as well as tools for holders, collab, collabs for AI art and holders hub for the next, I think, month and a half. So it's a big sprint on those items. Um, were there any questions about um, other items from the, so like, you know, other questions were around strengths, weaknesses, how people engage with NFT projects. Um, did you guys have any questions around those things? Uh, Arlene, Superterra? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go on after you. Um, my question, thank you. Um, can you guys hear me okay? Is my audio all right? Yes. Loud and clear. Okay, good. Um, uh, so I was wondering what your read was on the Holders Hub because um, when I first read it, I actually like my uh, because that's how my brain is why my brain I was thinking of something like a Rack Wolf style uh, crypto education Holders Hub. Um, but uh, what do you think uh, everyone else thought it was, and what was uh, what was your initial uh, sort of intentions around that? Yeah, so we released some hints around what that would be um, with the drop of the AR defenders. So initially, we had the token gating set up. We just wanted to make sure everything looked as good as it possibly could. <laughs> um, so we wanted to make sure that token gating was as smooth and seamless as possible from multiple types of wallets uh, before we released it to the public. Um, so, you know, now AR defenders are behind a password. Um, but our intention, at least for the holders hub, is to include token-gated tools. So depending on the type of uh, NFT, Dystope AI NFT you have, um, whether it's a Genesis, a Defender, or a rarer type of Genesis or Defender, access-specific tools and Another little bit of alpha is um, that some of these tools will be AI related and it goes to how we're thinking about monthly morphs and how we might change things to give value to our holders too. So what I can say is it's a really great growth strategy and it's a really great way for us to give more value to holders. So, you know, we've gotten some great feedback around you know, the friction there is in, in submitting forms. We've gotten some great feedback around there being quite a few morph types, um, but, you know, what people value or what some people value is speed and, like, automation and, like, access to 
our AI tech stack at more times than just a month, right? Like once a month. So these types of things we're really hearing and a holders hub is one way to sort of address that. And that provides value to our holders in that way, that explicit way. But also there's like a, a, a growth point of view. And so it allows us to do things like for people that are curious about our project, right now they have to trawl through a complex website, which we will fix, a complex Discord, you know, which we will fix. But, you know, there's no way for us to for them to try our project. We haven't been the best at like showing what our AI can do on Twitter and showing why it's unique compared to other AI art projects, because they need to get a sense of the scale at which we can do things, right? So part of what we will be able to do by having this holders hub is to allow for like partial access. So, you know, if I were a holder of, you know, another one planet NFT project, maybe I can come into the holders hub and like see some of the tools we're using, maybe not use them in all their, you know, all their glory, but just see what they li- they're like and um, get a sense of what the project's doing. Because right now it's quite hard to explain to a new user exactly what we do. Because it goes to some of our feedback. Like we're a unique project in the combination of storytelling and novel technical innovations. Like not a lot of projects have already done the, you know, AI, AI, AR, 3D, you know, integrations that we've done, like, and, and they, I don't think they're, they're in a position to do that even for a few months. Like the way we've designed things has us a couple steps ahead when it comes to integration. But the problem is like our marketing just hasn't been up to scratch, if I'm honest. Like we've been focusing too high or, or, or too hard on getting these technical things right and, and focusing on getting things perfect instead of thinking about how we can onboard more people and, and simplify what we're doing. So another focus is like simplifying our comms, um, simplifying what we're doing and communicating it in a way that allows more people to come in. So as well as our comm strategy and marketing strategy, even the tools and the, the ways of expressing our utility um, we're thinking about. And I think the holders hub is is a really important part of that. So to answer your question, uh, once again, in a sentence, essentially the holders hub is a place for all our holders to come together and see a bunch of the utility we're shipping out at a glance. That's really cool. That's uh, that's quite a vision. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess for context, like a lot of the things we've done, whether it's, you know, intentional choices about how we've developed our AI infrastructure have meant that while other projects uh, are getting sort of these sugar rush utilities or are able to um, have these discrete things, we're playing the long game in how we're deciding uh, on our technical infrastructure. And so I think that's, that's good and all, but the downside is that marketing thing. But we're, we're just going to work harder on it um, to make sure it's simplified, to make sure people understand the utilities they're getting. Uh, understand exactly when they're coming, how they're coming, what they'll look like, um, so that um, you know it's easier to bring in new users. So very, very keen uh, for that part of the project. Any other questions? Um, would does someone want to let me touch on perhaps the strengths and weaknesses that people outline now that now that I'm talking about it? Yeah, I'm definitely curious about that uh, and. 
also maybe if there's some listeners that have questions, maybe they can start to request to come up. Absolutely. The more the merrier. So while people um, request to come up, I'll go through the strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I'll go through the weaknesses first, <laughs> just so uh, just so I can round it out. So some of the weaknesses, the great thing is uh, there were no mismatches. So we did like this in-depth uh, chat um, between us founders and with our mods around like genuinely, like what do they think we're lacking on? Where do they think we've fallen short? What do they think we're good at? And, you know, how can we, you know, develop those strengths and weaknesses? And the weaknesses, the good thing was like came um, pretty, pretty close to like what we had identified as well. So there were no nasty surprises. The biggest thing was a focus on our communication. So we're not communicating frequently enough and we're not doing it in the appropriate channels as needed. So I think Discord communication um, could be a bit more transparent and like we come through with big drops and big releases, but um, I think Alois uh, like really drove the point home and, you know, in a way that I could understand properly. The community just needs to know that people are there and working. And so these smaller updates are fine. And I initially was like, oh, who wants to hear a smaller update? Like it's a busy space, but actually it makes sense. Like you want to be able to provide these weekly updates to let people know what's being worked on, um, what's happening, so that when the big drops come, um, there's more appreciation for them as well. So I think that was a big thing. Um, you know, regularly scheduling things on Twitter, doing more of these Twitter spaces as well. That was a piece of feedback. Regular community engagement. So a regular cadence to the games and things we're doing. That's another item as well as the collaboration. So just like, you know, having more structure to them is, is a big thing. The other item was experimenting more. So we have the tech stack to be able to, you know, create things uh, and, you know, train things up and like, you know, release these crazy bespoke concept, it's, concepts at scale. And we've done them for collaborations. Holders want us to experiment a bit more with these side collections. So thinking about airdrops, thinking about collabs, uh, thinking about collections like that is something people want us to do and something I think we definitely can do too. Um, lore was the other thing. So how can we develop, simplify, and connect all the pieces? Um, this is a really exciting thing for us because uh, I think the defenders and, and the timing of it meant that we weren't able to um, fully express like what we have written down and planned out for the law. But now that we have some stability in being, being migrated, it's easier, e easier for us now to like sort of express that. And I think, again, the focus is on doing this in a way that isn't too daunting for new users. So that'll be the focus. Then I think the big thing to talk about is around giving value to Genesis holders. So there are some tactical issues with the monthly morphs, so backlog and speed. Backlog, we've had some great chats with OnePlanet now that we're all up and migrated. These will be smoother and coming to your wallets um, a lot, a lot, a lot quicker. Um, and we'll be giving all the backlogged, backlogged uh, airdrops um, within the next month or so, as Microchip said. Um, you know, that's one option. That's one thing. The manual morph operation, so like the 
type form that people use and having to copy and paste wallet addresses, Discord addresses, Twitter addresses, um, refining that process. That's another thing um, that people mention and that we'll do. Uh, and then the actual, you know, monthly morphs themselves. So thinking about, you know, how can we redesign it? And that's what we're thinking of. We're thinking of doing a, a big change to the monthly morphs so that holders can both get specific AI um, morphs that they can't get anywhere else, uh, these unique products we've designed, as well as, you know, more frequent um, sort of the, the, a more frequent way to access these AI art tools as well. So we're thinking through that and we will announce something quite soon um, and test more ideas with you next week uh, when we prevent, present some more structured things too. So those were the sorts of weaknesses that we heard. The strengths um, that we heard were that, you know, we're at quite a unique project. So storytelling plus new and novel technical innovations. So a commitment to the world, characters and a deep lore Having all of that, um, people thought was uh, unique, and it kept coming up. Uh, and just being a genuine first mover, so having the technical expertise and playing in ac across a bunch of different domains. So, you know, as far as I'm aware, we're the only project with AI uh, art plus AR stuff plus 3D stuff, um, and have actually launched things across all three of those. Um, you know, people commented on the survey. I think. Um, a lot of people talked about our focus on utility to holders. Um, a lot of other AI art projects, um, you know, don't think through like their, their supply and that's good and bad, you know, like it, it allows you to create more morphs, but then, you know, there's no utility and it leads to inflation of tokens. Um, but, you know, people genuinely did seem to have trust in our, in our, willingness to have and, and to create utility for holders throughout our roadmap, which um, meant a lot um, to me to, to read. And then the other thing that, uh, you know, I think is important, especially in this space, I think a lot of people have trust as our, in us as founders. So trust in our work ethic, um, you know, just reading through the responses, honesty, integrity, genuineness, and openness. I think that really means a lot. Um, but you know, if I think back to the months following migration, the openness, I think we, we could have worked on more. I think being more transparent and providing regular updates goes to that. And, you know, although we're really happy that people, you know, understand it's a strength, part of the conversations we're having with mods and some of our holders is around being even more transparent. And when you're working on something like an NFP, NFT project, you're doing it pseudonymously. It's this traditionally very technical hands-off sort of thing. You know, we don't have traditional PFPs. It's AI art and, you know, these scary looking defenders. But we do want to retain this human element and this collaborative spirit. So, you know, we're really committed to being more transparent there and um, doing that. So that was another thing that came up. Uh, and then the next thing that people recognized was just how creative our community was. Um, and you see it in the Discord, you see it with the types of things that are being created in monthly morphs. Um, but let me tell you, like you see the survey responses and the ideas there, 
you honestly see how creative our community is. And it just lit me up when I read the survey responses to see so much careful thought uh, and an emphasis on like being intentional uh, in the survey responses. I think looking at the type form stats, people spent on average something like 25 to 30 minutes on average. I don't have the exact number, but I think it's around 30 minutes um, filling out this survey, which is amazing. And I don't know of many NFT projects that could uh, get this level of feedback, this creative um, a feedback as, as you guys have given us. So we're just so, so happy um, to do that. So that's a, sort of an overview of strengths and weaknesses, but let's open it up um, to questions from our holders. Uh, there'll be prizes for select holders as well. Uh, we'll call out um, afterwards on Discord. Um, but we already have a speaker. So Mr. Matic Addict, so this is 14MW. Um, could you please ask your question? Hey there, I was wondering if uh, AR Defender Chess is really a possibility. Uh, what was that? Sorry, AR Defender Chess. The game Chess. Yes. Yeah. That is an interesting idea. Oh my idea. god. <laughs> um, like, like on Star Wars. <laughs> so, how would you want to do that? Like, if you had um, two people in person together. And both have like AR defenders that you can move around on a chessboard, right? Mm. Okay, yeah, that's something that I've never considered before. That's sick. I don't think anyone on the team has. That's a cool idea. We'll give it some thought. Um, current technology may mean that that's tricky to give a good user experience for. Like, I could see us wanting to launch that as soon as. Um, Apple or Meta launched some decent AR glasses that let you kind of stand in the world with high-quality augmented reality objects. But we'll give some thought to how that could be implemented. That is a, a wild idea. Yeah, that is – that. Oh, I'm just getting – I'm just imagining what that would look like. That's a wild idea, but a very, very cool one. So one of the things I want to mention is Giving the rights to holders and giving the 3D source files means for some holders um, that are able either to do things themselves with 3D models or are able to contract out, so like use um, contractors to work on things themselves. If you own, you know, I think, you know, uh, uh, you know seven, seven or so, like just a certain number of defenders. Um, and you just make some smaller, some bigger. Like if you own them and you have the source files, there's nothing to stop someone from contracting someone to build like a 3D chess game and sort of just do that themselves, right? And this is what I mean. Like I think these sorts of edge or these novel use cases, we we, we keep assessing them, right? We keep assessing them and seeing what we can do, like scavenger hunts or like um, – specific integrations in games and metaverses we've always got our eye out for things but the really cool thing about our licensing and um, source file plan uh, and the reason why i think it's underrated and i sort of mentioned it is because for people that you know really want to see defender chess happen they can make it happen you know so i'm really really keen to see where we are 
you know, a year or two from now, like all the different integrations, especially because this technology, 3D technology is getting easier and easier to use. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a fucking good idea. I love it. I wanted to check in with Super Terra here. I know you got to go to work soon. Just wanted to see if you have any thoughts or comments or questions before you take off. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, as I say, I sent, I sent a fair, fairly hefty deck. That's really great to hear, by the way, that it was a 30 minutes or more uh, fill out. I, I spent some time and I think it's really great that you're engaging. It was a question from earlier, I think, where I didn't have a chance to, to jump in because I, I, I kindly gave way. But um, I'm really interested in, and it's something I'm seeing across a lot of projects, how do we almost reignite that broader interest in the NFT space? And, and the reason I say that is, if we'd held this probably six months ago as an event, we'd probably have two to 300 on this space. And I'm seeing the same with my own spaces as well. And I know a lot of people have been um, hit in the current market and obviously the uh, very high profile uh, token collapse that I'm sure you're all aware of that's, that's happened in the last 24 hours has dented broader confidence, not com confidence in Cosmos, but broader confidence. So, and you also, to be fair, uh, uh, Uncle Davo, you actually answered it in a way because you talked about the communication side. But I, I guess I'm, I'm sort of rambling a bit. Apologies. How do we reignite that passion? Because I think there's a core here that absolutely loves this project. And this is very clear given yeah, how we've all gathered here to, to, you know, to talk through this town hall. But have you got some ideas to really kind of ramp up that kind of awareness and marketing for, for new people coming in? Uh, and the second part of the question is, are there plans for, a, for a, perhaps a new collection that will draw a new audience in, would that be considered for another chain? So there's several questions in one there because I've only got about five minutes before I need to go to work. <laughs> that, those are some great questions. You've asked several million dollar questions and I'll do my best to answer them in five minutes. But okay, one of the questions you asked is how can we reignite the NFT landscape? And I think one of the things we have to understand is that you know, things definitely do look different now. And I think user behavior has changed. And also, I think when you think about things like onboarding new users is going to continue to be critical, as is retaining existing users. So let's break it down. So I think retaining existing users, it's understanding that, you know, the frenzy and the froth that, you know, occurred six months, a year ago in certain projects and in certain pockets, you know, just, it, 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 it's, it, it was just like a, it's, it's just hard to replicate and it's hard to just click and then have that happen. It's hard to release one killer feature or one killer project and have that happen. Like it's, it's ways of sustaining engagement in users. And I think part of that is understanding you know, what these users want and how they interact with things. I think like, if I think about myself personally, I'm, you know, obviously focused on building Dystope AI, but even the extent to which I'm following other projects has maybe dropped off since six months ago, a year ago. So it's thinking through for us, how are there, how are we able to engage holders that are maybe only look, looking at Discord once a week or once every two weeks, or just have, 150 projects they're following on Twitter or like 150 NFTs that they own, but want to be across all of them. So some of what we're doing is redesigning our comms to make that possible. 
It's like providing summaries of what's happened throughout the, the month. It's like providing um, utilities such as our holders hub where it's not as time limited in the same way as monthly morphs are, or it's not as hidden, right? As monthly morphs are. The other item is around onboarding new users. Part of what happens is, you know, you're a project. Part of what happens and what I see projects do, whether it's NFT, DeFi, or any other Web3 project, is you start off with a simple vision, but you introduce certain elements that complicate things to new users. And you don't go back to thinking about how we can onboard new users and how we think about the top of the funnel. So part of what we're doing now is understanding, yes, we went deep with certain items. We've got traits that map onto traits in other collections. So our Genesis pieces map onto, you know, traits in our defenders. They come from the same factions. There's this law that runs through them, which I think is great. I think depth is amazing, especially for like existing users and super fans. But the problem is it's harder and harder to express those um, it, it's harder and harder to express those things to a new audience. And you have to constantly be thinking about how can we take, take a lot of the depth that we have in the project out to a new audience? How can we simplify it? And I think the way to do that is to have a really clear conviction on what you're using the blockchain for, what your project stands for, and what your long-term vision is. I fundamentally think, and you know, Micah Chip, Rosie, and I all fundamentally think that the blockchain is a social coordination tool at its, at its core. You can talk about any primitive in the blockchain, whether it's like paying miners um, for mining, whether it's paying gas, like all of these things, it's just a way of um, coordinating between users in a trustless way. Like a token is a social contract between its owners. And I think we're building a community and we're essentially saying uh, we're using AI art, we're using AR, we're using these emerging technologies uh, as a tool for social coordination and for creativity. So I think for us, it's aligning on our long-term vision. It's expressing it simply and in ways that both new users and existing users can understand and also thinking through how we can bring in people that aren't necessarily Web3 native. There are so many people interested in AI art, and some stumble on, upon our project and DM us, just asking, like, what the hell is going on? Like, just things like that. Just understanding how we can address different users is really, really important. And I think it's really easy to get trapped in these bubbles of, of thinking um, NFT users only have to excite certain people. Like, that's not why we're in this. We're in this because we think, um, you know, really strong things about what the blockchain can be used for and what these communities are. So to answer your questions, how can we reignite NFT communities? I think it's long-termism and being able to uh, explain things in, in different ways, uh, both simply and in depth, having conviction so that you can summarize things, but also as you begin to peel back the layers you can commit to and anchor on that long-term view. I think that's really important. I've got a slightly different take. And Sorry, Super Terror. No, sorry, I was just going to say thank you. I did throw like a ton of questions in one there. So thank you. Please, Arlene, yeah, I want to hear from you as well before I jump off. Uh, Uncle Davo has uh, uh, towed the company line. I've got a more general view. I think 
at some point in the next couple of years, an NFT project will do something that like resonates with the zeitgeist just enough. Maybe they do something physical in the real world. Maybe they do a flash mob. Maybe they, uh, you know, do skywriting somewhere. I don't know. But I think somewhere, somehow, that will happen and that will meme its way into existence. Because if you think about it, no NFT project has actually done that yet. And it's quite a common marketing tactic. Um, and I think so at some point, projects will pick its time. For example, if this project did it, uh, they could vibe off something that, uh, you know, on a Black Mirror episode, if Black Mirror does a new one and you tap into the zeitgeist and meme your way into into popularity and visibility. And I think it will happen. Uh, just watch. Just watch. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. It's like these unique ways of marketing things. If you think about, you know, the ability for um, projects on Web3 to bootstrap um, using community to like use community to then sort of create the IP, create like all these things and like give IP to holders and let them go off and do things. I think that really increases the viral marketing pot potential of uh, NFTs. And Arlene, like, let's not forget Vivid Sydney uh, was always something we talked about. So yes. Oh uh, my God. Agree. <laughs> oh my God, this is happening. I'm going to die with happiness. <laughs> I mean, I, we'll we'll need some help from holders, right? So no promises, but absolutely, I think um, the goal is to to onboard more than just people that um, you know know about AI art, know about um, NFTs, know about all these things. So once again, like you know, part of our mission is to democratize emerging technologies and show that we can enable creativity with art at scale. And we're going to be announcing some big things there um, as well. Yeah. I know that we had a, Sarah we had has to go. Yeah, I was going to say just to close off, I mean, for me, obviously, we've seen some, some of the first signs of a breakthrough into the real world. It's not always gone well. Uh, the Times Square uh, placements for various uh, <clears throat> Terra um, NFT projects, obviously the timing was unfortunate given what happened outside. Uh, we've seen, I remember reading a New York Times article maybe a couple of years ago now, talking all about the phenomenon of um, NFT old ownership. You know, it's talking about the crypto punks and bored apes. And you know, those two have broken the public consciousness, but they're not accessible because of the sheer price tag, even post crash that, that's associated with them. But I think as well, I am seeing certainly in the UK, there is a sports sponsorship uh, growth. Um, I, I regularly attend uh, 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 football matches or soccer matches to, to our American friends. And uh, I'm seeing more and more crypto related sponsorship happening because I think it's a relatively low cost way to get kind of eyeballs on it. But NFT wise, there, there is a team, admittedly in the lower levels of, of, of the English um, uh, football uh, system, that's actually been bought by a series of NFT focused individuals. So it is starting to gain traction. Although I do find in my real life conversations I have with my friends that they still are very skeptical of the whole crypto and NFT space. And it's that trust aspect that I think we need to break through. But no, I really love that idea, you know, of flash mobbing or something, something different that really breaks through, whether it's something on the creative and visual arts scene that comes forward. I mean, if you think about it, Beeple, he, he really smashed through to the mainstream. That was, what, 18 months ago now? 
nothing's really massively followed up there but those little chinks and like hints and cracks in that kind of glass that separates the 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 hardcore community from the rest of the world that glass will smash eventually something will break through and then this this space will really grow that that's my um, ardent belief but obviously i'd love for it to be uh, you know one of the projects that i really enjoy so with with that in mind i will close off because i do need to run um basically been an absolute pleasure great way to start my day um really love that they get, these are going to be regular town halls and look forward to um yeah, doing some more in the future so thank you everyone it's been an absolute pleasure amazing thanks so much legend and thanks for joining uh it's it's amazing to chat again and uh we'll do this very soon it looks forward to it uh, have a great one everyone speak soon i'll listen to the rest of it later awesome yeah going, yes, yeah and uh going to super terror's point you know sponsoring games and uh showing crypto is doing good for the community anyone got some kids that have a football team that we could sponsor Maybe get some AI generated art logos. Anyone? Let's uh let's open it up to some more speakers and see if we've got <laughs> any questions. We have Premier John in the house. How are you doing, sir? Any comments or questions? Hi there. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. Good morning. Um yeah, so uh obviously I'm uh, I'm a bit of a Levana Maxi, um, but obviously I was uh, heavily into all the Terra NFTs and, and was into desktop AI with the, the Astroverse uh, morphs early on. So I've uh, been here a long time. Um, was very excited for the Defenders Mint. Uh, I And I've actually just bought nine more this morning off the floor um, <laughs> on the back of this call. Uh, so, uh, yeah, build, build up those. Um, I had a question about the the 3d models and the integration into the games um so a while ago we saw a sneak trailer from arcadia um for a sort of unreal tournament style game that was using a defender um i know from arcadia that they are planning on using uh, your models as one of the um one of the potential uh, Characters that you can choose in the game, depending on what which project you sign up for in the in the tournaments, and uh, when this when this all kicks off, if if we wanted to use our own defender rather than a gener generic one, which I assume is what they are building at the moment, is is that the stage that we would need to get the 3D models ourselves, or do you think that would be integrated through wallets or or some automatic mechanism? Yeah, so each of these things depend on the actual uh, game or metaverse that we're integrating them into. Um, so I think initially for, for each of these things is, you know, we're, we're talking to another provider who has a game. It's a fighting game. And what we're talking about with them is, uh, first of all, just integrating, you know, between one and three defenders. Um, and what we do there is just use ones that um, are in a marketing wallet so that we're not infringing on anyone's um, licenses because we, we, we have given the licenses to you guys. But like what we would do is start small and then depending on the project partner, see how many defenders we could roll it out to. Now, obviously, you know, each of you guys is able to, you know, depend like there are some games and some metaverses where you can bring your own three for the 3D model and 
go for it from there. And so that's another option there. But like, yeah, this is the type of thing where it's dependent on each game and metaverse. So, you know, specific to Arcadia, specific to other platforms, I think what we have to do is rally as a community to like show them that there's demand and they're more likely to add more in. Um, but yeah, it is highly dependent. Um, we have some relationships with metaverses and games where we can integrate more into. Um, but, you know, say a random, random game or metaverse project comes out, um, you know, integrating it will depend on, on their, uh, on, on them. Um, but the thing for us is like, we have fully interoperable models for each of your defenders already. So for every defender NFT you have, there's a full 3d model that's already sitting there for it. So all it requires a game or metaverse provider to do is just rig it with a, a model they can use in the game. Um, or, you know, if you were trying to DIY it, you could do it yourself or um, get someone to do it and um, put it in the game, for example, or like use it in, in something else, for example. So all these things depend on the individual games. Um, but yeah, uh, Arcadia, I'm very excited for that one for sure. I, I was going to say, I think uh, I think the statement was still very early uh, comes into play here. And I guess the complexity would come with uh, with a with a third party game uh, using specific traits of a uh, of a defender, so sort of, um, certain weapons or the or the secret abilities and that kind of thing. So I guess that's where the complexity comes in, and the the game developer would have to use or put a fair bit more extra effort in than just using a generic model or a, a singular model. Yeah, exactly. Like some of those traits, for example, the secrets, um, you know, it, it would be, there's more latitude for like each metaverse, like a secret could do something or another, but that's up to the game or metaverse themselves. Some of our defenders, you're right, do have those weapons. Um, and again, like the metaverse themselves or the game themselves can choose whether to like have them as weapons in the game or not. Like these are things that are quite, um, yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of tech behind the scenes that, uh, is required, as you say, and it's still very early days in the space. Like not many other NFTs, um, have 3d models yet, but, um, yeah, like the, the good thing for us is like we're often first in line with a lot of projects to integrate things, uh, which is, yeah, great for us. Uh, uh, great. Just, uh, Thanks very much. I'll just thank uh, Premier John because I was wondering about Arcadia as well. I aped in based on that uh, amazing looking video and then thought I was wrecked and then wasn't wrecked, fortunately. Yeah, I mean, Arcadia specifically, um, like, I can't talk to the specifics, but, you know, just, yeah, I, I like, I do have to say, <laughs> just to, like, uh, let everyone know, there are live conversations with other games and metaverses as well. Um, and one of those games, I think some people have had experience with. Uh, that's, that's all I'll say for now. Oh, we've got a heavyweight, heavyweight uh, stepping up. Oh, to the yeah. I, I saw V in the house earlier, but we got somebody that is uh, similar in the ship hosting skills in the house. 
Here we go. Here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> Connecting. The suspense is killing me, everyone. The We've suspense. Got, oh, a leg- legendary shit poster in the game. You know, he's definitely top of the Xterra and, like, top of Polygon. Um, you know, who knows? Some say he might be the best across all NFT shit posters. I'll leave that up to you guys. Maybe throw some reacts if if you know this guy's shit posting. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Oh no! What happened? It looks like he left. Ah, uh, front. <laughs> the ultimate. <laughs> he, he's made some memes for me, so I give it to him. He is number one in my book. The legend. Are there any other um, people that would like to step up and answer a question? Uh, I have a bunch of questions in general. <laughs> I think, you know, we are in a crazy, I mean, today was such a crazy day or maybe yesterday for some some of you, but there's so much going on within the Web3 ecosystem in general. And in, in NFTs, we have the creator royalties issues. On DeFi, we have the whole kind of margin calls on and the ftx issues and binance and all of that so there's so much going on in the ecosystem right but those are general questions that maybe don't have to be discussed in this town hall let's go to somebody that's in the neighborhood the woken what's up sir can you hear me yes you can loud and clear it's not very often that i stay silent for so long but um i've just i've just got a few thoughts and uh I was. It's really nice to hear you, Arling. Um, we're almost neighbours. The most beautiful thing is to see the collection of people here that are here to support the project. You know, we we all came, or generally most of us came from an experience uh, with the lunar collapse, but we're still here, and I think that's our greatest strength. You know, we've got uh, some really strong leaders from other projects that are here as part of Dystop AI because I came here for the art. And then I found a really good team that were dedicated and committed to building a project of longevity. And I think that's where the strength comes for the NFT projects in the future is the support of the community around it and also the people within that community that are spread across, you know, in essence is really a handful of projects that are exceptional that came from Terra and we see them and they've been supported by one planet. So, I mean, the onboarding of new players is going to come as a result of everybody's activity supporting one planet, I think. So the initiatives that we can get from one planet and then support can see other people come in because this is the strength of the people. You know, we we know each other in different chats and that gives us confidence in the people who we are. So that can then lead into the confidence of new players coming to the game to support the NFT projects. And the more we connect and the more of these spaces that are done, the wider the audience gets and the more people can help develop. Because, we've, you know, in our team chats, we talk about connections with other projects because it's in these connections. And like Premier John just said, we are still early because... There's there's people coming along the lines, like the Defenders chess game. These are the ideas that come from the community. 
And these are the brains that put things together that all of a sudden it's it's a conversation and then somebody picks it up and runs with it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be part of this community. There's some incredibly talented people and just lovely humans to be part of in conversations. And the ultimate shit poster is with us. So I won't um, take too much more time. I just want to thank Finn from Terra Spaces and Super Terra is not here, but good luck to England for the upcoming cricket game. So thanks very much. Well said, Kyle. And yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's it's really impressive, like just uh, the people that uh, we have uh, across or, or like how things have just continued. And I think we've talked about how beautiful the the collaboration was on Terra. And I think it wasn't just creators, it was community members. It was people like Finn, you're exactly right. Finn from Terra Spaces. It was shit posters like Yana's. It was all types of people that made this happen, um, this community feel happen. And it's going to take a village again to like bring it to that community feel that we want. But I think it's definitely possible. Like, you know, the people in this Twitter spaces could start an army. Like it's, um, it's, it's a talented bunch we've got. So very, very keen to keep building with you guys. Giannis, my man, the shit poster himself, the chemist, the PhD candidate, the legend, step up. What have you got to say? <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, good morning. Thank you for this uh, uh, kind introduction. Uh, I don't really have a question. I just want to let everyone know that I am uh, uh, the biggest uh, gigabull of Distop AI alongside Arlene. Uh, you know, for the past six months, um, we have been, you know, talking and uh, discussing everything about the project. Uh, and uh, I am really, really, really looking forward to what's about to come. Um, uh, two things that I want to highlight. One is that uh, because I have been uh, uh, working closely with the Arcadia team uh, for the past at least two or three months, I am sure that uh, everyone is going to love what is coming and what is, uh, you know, uh, getting built in in silent. Uh, and the second thing is that uh, I am now pretty sure that uh, the crypto universe, you know, cannot handle uh, uh, a lot of this top AI alpha because uh, a day after the mint of uh, defenders Luna crashed, and the day before. Uh, the new roadmap rollout, uh, everything else is crashing. So, you know, maybe we just need to, uh, you know, keep it to marbles and uh, quizzes and, uh, you know, getting shots. Uh, and Yeah. Sorry, Sorry I think I, you I cut off. Uh, I got a call. <laughs> it, it cut out the last bit for me there, but um, yeah, I think what I'm hearing is uh, we're we're an omen in this space, and I think you're right. I think um, the timing is horrendous. I think our problem might be we're too ambitious. We need to do more streams and more fireball shots. That's what I'm hearing, and you know what, Giannis, I I love it. You know, I <laughs> I think I don't want to cause another crash. Um, I think streams streams uh 
streams are in order. But no, no, it 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 really means a lot for you to step up and say that. I think we have a few gigabulls in the community and you and I have been in the DMs. Like many, many of the people here have been in the DMs or have been really active on Discord and have given us so much um, great feedback, great ideas, but even just like pep talks, you know, and, and even just like um, encouragement. And it really means a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just super thrilled to have people like you, Giannis, in our community. Um, I need your shitposting brain. You know what I mean? Like, I think shitposting is the essence of marketing in Web3, and you're a fucking genius at it. So, <laughs> um, teach me is all I want to say. What's the secret? Can you tell us what the secret is? It's all of uh, Yeah, of course. Olive oil is uh, uh, one of the secrets. Uh, you know, it, the uh, really funny thing is that uh, there is no secret. You know, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, talk with the community and get the vibe from everyone. And, uh, you know, then it, it just comes natural. I don't know. Maybe I, I am a natural, uh, you know, a natural born seed poster. <laughs> Maybe he was born with it. There you go, folks. The inside scoop. Um, no, man. I mean, I, I turn on notifications for your posts and I'm sure many people do. So, folks, and uh, I know there'll be a lot of people listening, but because um, it's at a ridiculous hour, first of all. But, like, folks, uh, definitely do give Giannis a follow. Excellent shit poster. One Planet, you know they're building a hub. Arlene, give her a follow. Doing so much for Wrecked Wolf and Beyond. Kyle Woken, at Kyle Woken, doing so much. Active against uh, across Cardena and everywhere. Micah Chip, my big brain. Um Terra Spaces, first of all, underrated, uh, underrated dude. Um, so Finn uh, was a stalwart, was just such a key piece of the Terra NFT ecosystem, uh, doing cool stuff on Cosmos. But um, yeah, I think especially when we do more regular things with this, uh, like this, like this town hall, people like um, like Finn really make things happen. Follow our mods, Mercenary underscore Alex, Frecky. Um, Aloise Lien, um, big brain with the big ideas. Uh, he's doing a lot of cool stuff, um, as well. I've been doing a bit of Twitter stalking. Um, but just, yeah, like it's, I, I just wanted to say this to highlight how awesome a community we have. Um, and you know, olive oil or not, there's something that brings us together. And, um, uh, I, I'm just so excited to have such big brains, big hearts, uh, on on board for this journey so we're gonna do you proud um we are so grateful for people giving us time whether it's on the survey whether it's joining us now or listening to us live um all of the things we hear we really take seriously we have a lot of commitment to our vision uh and a lot of conviction as well and so we are building for the long term and so the things you say really do matter. It like affects our view of the space and how we think we can position things and what our wedge is into our longer longer term vision. Um, so yeah, like it's it's so important and so useful to get that feedback. So thank you again. I, I want yeah. Edwin. Yes, yeah, so I just wanted to add that 
you know, we, we, um, even though, you know, we migrated from Terra, we are still, our goal is still to follow our plan. You know, we, we initially wanted to build a, a ecosystem, which it's interesting throughout this whole conversation with you uh, right now, I feel like you guys are creating your own ecosystem with your different collections and the different partnerships that you are building with different projects and they being able to use your technology, for example, with the uh, Genesis and the morphs, and then now also being able to bring your defenders into other projects like with Arcadia, right? And using their kind of ecosystem. So you are building your own ecosystem and you're independently running your business. And from our end, right, we still have huge things that we want to do. We want to provide a social platform where your collectors can in, in, interact with each other and kind of collectively support your project and, and one planet as a whole as well. Um, and obviously, you know, we we're creating partnerships with different Polygon native projects and we're going to have a launch pad. So there's a lot of things that are happening. And I think in general, what, what I'm seeing right now is that the, the space moves really fast, right? Web3 moves really fast, DeFi and NFTs and all that. But in the, if, you know, we have a really good experience that in, since May, right, we had to essentially be on hold and take a break. There was nothing that we could do for a few months while the tech was being built, like the bridge to come over to Polygon. And on your end, it was more of just keeping your community together. And so I think in, in general, we, we expect things to move fast in this space. That's what we're used to. But I think in the last few months, we've seen that sometimes what, what's more important is kind of those soft skills. Like, you know, you got that feedback from your community, right? Where it, it's uh, transparency, it's, it's uh, consistent communication um, and building that kind of engagement, that stickiness. And, and then the tech kind of comes on top of that, right? And, and just kind of c communicating with your community about what's coming up and, and the process and what you're building and documenting. And I think that's what ultimately helps the community continue to stay involved and stay aware of what's going on with the, with the projects, right? Uh, but, but one thing that I've learned is just to try and be a, as patient as possible because all of this tech does take time, right? A lot of this is innovation. It's something new that other projects haven't tried, which I think is what you guys are doing. So it does take time. Um, just wanted to share that. Absolutely. No, that, that all makes a lot of sense, Edwin. And yeah, it, it, it's very sage advice. I think too often it's easy to go one way or another, like focus too hard on the tech, focus too hard on, um, the other side of things and yeah as in all things like balance there is the way to get um, you know long-term results it's the way that you're able to be consistent and uh, that's what we're trying to do just make sure that we're able to play in the longer term um, yeah because it's a it's a big vision but what you need to do to get there is just consistency and like being able to do things in a way where you can chunk it up where you can make sure it's sustainable as well and i think we're at the point where um you know we're, we're working more closely with holders we're working uh, more transparently to be able to ship things in a way that's consistent to be able to 
um, do things in a, at, at a pace as well that is sustainable um, and achieves what we want to do long term. So completely agree. All right, folks, last chance for questions. Does anyone want to step up to the mic? I mean, I've got a big bombshell one. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You ready? It's a big one. <laughs> ready. So in the distant future, you know, five years, six years from now, do you see Dystope AI and Defenders as like a Marvel-esque type monolithical franchise? You know, with where the story has cre- uh, sort of taken a life of its own, um, and people have taken everything and run with it. And you know, maybe there's some well-known names like defenders that people have named, and so forth. Do you do you visualize that? I have spent a lot of time visualizing things like that, and you know, in my time visualizing things, I think Marvel is a great example, and I'm glad you brought it up. But Marvel is a like very centralized top-down way of doing things but it has some of that you know specific writers or specific directors coming in uh to do things and like having a vision that's different from you know other characters in that marvel universe as well like there's that you know um you know there's that top-down quite centralized vision but you know if you look at what they've been doing over the last you know 30 40 years like it has changed a lot and there has been um, individuals that have shaped that as well. I think what we need to do, and this goes towards um, some feedback and an idea that Aloise Lien, who's on the call as well, uh, and I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning it uh, or mentioning his name. I don't think so because um, he's posted on Discord. But um, I, I, it, it goes towards equipping holders with the tools to be able to do that and also getting ourselves to a state to be able to implement things like that. The reason we're licensing out and providing commercial licenses for INFTs is to be able to enable that vision or any other vision in terms of holders being able to create their own brands. For example, you know, if I had a defender, I like, and, and we'll explain more as we release the commercial license. But, you know, one view is you could create your own, you know, TV show, whatever it is, piece of content, write a book, like whatever it is you want to do, like sell your own figurines. You can do that off your one defender. But also in terms of the universe we're building, absolutely. I think we want to create, we want to get to the place where we have a solid foundation and a framework for the law. So it's like you can see at a glance like what it all means and what it boils down to. And then I think the strength of Web3 in particular and the strength of this licensing arrangement is then holders are also involved in the pitching, in the sort of marketing of this idea, in the creating bespoke things. So to your earlier point around like viral marketing and guerrilla marketing, Aline, I think what it looks like practically is like us setting a foundation and like driving um, driving attention to us in like this more centralized top-down manner. So it's like doing collaborations, like, you know, providing our idea of what the law is and like providing a framework for that, but then providing holders with tools as well to in parallel go out and, you know, 
garner activity to go out and you know create their own things as well so it spreads you know just like a meme um you know so all of us need to uh start using more olive oil just like Giannis and uh get into that viral way of thinking about things because that is what web3 enables sort of this viral marketing machine where we're creating a brand but it's aided by our holders and we have these holders that are so creative and so it's now you know not just for this project for any other nft project you believe in you personally have the power to go and make it a brand that people care about like we all have that power and i think there are some projects i really look up to for doing that and i think nouns is just one example like and this is not a shill i don't own their collection or whatever but i think they they were like quite quite good at, at expressing what that meant you know it's like you can um you know you you can get applications you can get brands going by having a token that you know unites people that creates things um creates these connections and then allows people to then go build on that and sort of start solidifying the brand uh the attention that goes to it and whatnot so i think it's a big unlock and i, I the marvel of web3 i think will look completely different to um what marvel looks like now it's more distributed there are more expressions of um of of um characters and things in different lights that holders can like really customize um but absolutely i think the long term vision is both to get our vision of like social coordination with emerging technology out there for our vision of ai art at scale and using that term power creativity out there but also for our law story and universe to get out there because i think you know what we're really hinting at and you know what we've developed the law to do is send a broader message that is now more applicable than ever and that's around you know the effects of ai and and talking about ai alignment in ways that are accessible to people and now that ai art is is entering the the mainstream and sort of the zeitgeist that law i think is becoming more and more um like more and more accessible to people it'll res- resonate more so what we're going to do is like create opportunities for more people to access the brand and access ai art uh and bring people into dystopia ai and use that to sort of bring attention to what we're specifically doing with the brand and the law um so to answer your question again yes like i i do see a lot of possibilities and i do see holders having more power there um to do things than they ever could have done before the blockchain good answer excellent answer i'm excited <laughs> let's go olive oil for everyone extra virgin olive oil that's janus's favorite <laughs> absolutely Well folks, this has been a really really great Twitter spaces. Uh we've gone, you know, well over an hour and a half, uh an hour and 47 minutes uh as I'm counting. Uh a lot of people will be listening to this on Twitter spaces. A few people have DM to ask if this was recorded. Uh you're listening now. Hello. Uh yes, this was recorded. 
Um, but once again, thank you so, so much for your feedback. Um, later tomorrow, we'll um, reach out to winners that have asked questions uh, and provided feedback to the survey and make an announcement tagging them so that we can give them their prizes. Uh, we'll also uh, post about the next steps. So what we're going to do is next week do another session, which is more focused on specific roadmap items, where we talk to them, sort of get more feedback from holders. And then the week after that, we'll be ready to launch our roadmap. And we're pumped. Like, I just have the roadmap sitting on my desktop. Uh, and like, it's in a tab. And we all jump on calls and like discuss it uh, day in, day out. And so I'm finally excited to get it out there for people. Just need some more refining from community and just needs your magic touch. So thank you so much again for your time. And once again, thank you to our co-hosts for stepping up to the plate, uh, to Edwin, to Arlene, uh, to, to Super Terra as well, then all of our speakers and listeners too. Really appreciate your time. Um, Edwin, Arlene, any closing thoughts? Yeah, on, on my end, man, I, I'm just excited to see you guys continue to build. Uh, I, I really, you know, one planet can only exist with creators and builders. We depend on you guys. So uh, anytime that I see projects continuing to follow through on the roadmap or actually innovate on the roadmap, to me, that's exciting because I get to... Um, you know, research, right? One of my favorite parts about Web3 is re researching, learning, and then educating in some way. Because now that I know what you're doing, I can educate or I can tell other people, hey, this is what this, this top AI is doing, right? Uh, and so for me, that's the fun part about Web3 and NFTs. And so, yeah, I'm just here to say thank you for continuing to do what you're doing. Nah, man, right back at you. I think what One Planet has enabled us to do, so like, bring back some of the community that we had on Terra to enable us to continue building the roadmap. And then, yeah, we had some great chats with Inch last week. Um, some of the features and some of the things you guys are bringing and building, I'm so excited. And I think we're really keen to capitalize on that and build some cool things just for those technologies that you guys are releasing. So absolutely, man. Thank you so much for joining and for flying that One Planet flag. Yeah, and I'll just uh, say thanks once more. It's been fantastic. I've been here since day dot. You know, like you guys were maybe the third project I've minted, and even almost a year later, you know, in NFTs, being NFT clan lead, still haven't managed to find a project that even touches you guys. So excited for the future. No, Aline, those are huge words and it means a lot uh, coming from you specifically as well. I think the way you think about things and the way you talk about things and how involved you're now getting into the um, NFT space. And might I add, with some great projects as well, like I think both Rec Gang and Cypher Wars are super, super cool projects uh, and we're big fans of both. So yeah, it means a lot coming from you. Uh, you've just been such an active member of our community. And like, I have so, so vividly so many, you know, Discord chats, like, uh, and like things that have happened on Discord and your um, involvement on them. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I know you, so it means a lot coming from you. So thank you so much.
I can't wipe the grin off my face. Can't wipe the grin off my face. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, team, thanks so much for joining. I mean, your your time really means a lot. Your ideas and feedback mean a lot because we're we are using them. And so with that, um, I'm going to wrap this up. If there are any more questions, specific questions, just ask them on Discord at our Ask Us Anything channel. And next week, we'll set up another call that's more focused on specific roadmap items and really hearing your thoughts on those specific items. So once again, thank you so much and enjoy your nights. I'll enjoy my night. You enjoy your days over there in Europe and the US. Thanks so much. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Dystope AI Roadmap Rollout and Town Hall, recorded on Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now with more Spark IBC. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often ate the shrooms Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handing reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is gizzle Kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch Dope shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed Big drip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Spaces.